First edition of Checkerboard Chat. We're back here for the first time this fall. We're going to try to be giving these to you every week here in football and basketball season. Maybe bring in some different guests, talk a little bit of Lady Vols soccer, Lady Vols volleyball as well. But I am your host, Ryan Schumpert. I am the co-sports editor here at Daily Beacon. I'm with my protege. Is that, is that the right word? Also co-sports <laughs> editor. I don't yeah. know if protege is the right word. No, definitely not. The Pippin, Pippin to my, uh, the Jordan to my Pippin, I guess is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> But we're just going to go and dive right in here. We'll start talking about last Saturday's game against Georgia. Tennessee falls to the Bulldogs for their second straight SEC loss. Let's start. Brian Maurer, his first start. What did you see from the freshman? Uh, what did you think from Maurer's performance Saturday? I think it was impressive, at least for a half, you know. Um, I think he came out and kind of with a lot of confidence throwing the football. Um, you know, the, once the – Second half came around, really actually kind of there towards the end of the second quarter. I think we saw that youth come out, kind of what maybe a lot of people expected to see. But Tennessee fans have got to feel a little confident about where things are headed with Maurer at quarterback. Um, Like I said, throwing the ball, he just looked very confident, uh, fitting the ball in there. you got to be pretty happy with his first ever pass being a (laughs) 70-yard touchdown. Um, So that's something I'm sure he'll always remember. But, yeah, absolutely. I I think there's – there's going to be some tough defenses coming up that they'll face. Um, Georgia's about as tough as you can get on defense, I think. So I think there's some uh, positivity now surrounding the offensive side of the ball, at least at the quarterback position. Um, and maybe that's something that this wide receiving core, which is very talented, is a little happy about that they'll have an opportunity to get the ball now, something they've kind of struggled to do this year. But, yeah, I think it's in a good spot right now at quarterback. Certainly, I think you saw a good game plan from Jim Chaney for his freshman quarterback. Kept it simple, wanted to take some shots down the field, a lot of RPO timing stuff. Had a lot of success with that in the first half. I thought you saw Georgia kind of what it did to Notre Dame. They went a lot more press coverage second yeah. half, started taking away the easy stuff, right. kind of wearing Tennessee down. But, I mean, that's kind of the expected Georgia, much better football yeah. team than Tennessee. I mean, you talked about Jim Chaney's – game plan. I thought that was maybe the best we've seen all year out of I'd him. Agree. Um, I think it's it's been tough and maybe that's maybe that's because of who they had at quarterback. Maybe they I think they really thought that Garantana was the guy. I mean we don't get to see too much of practice what goes on out there. So maybe Garantana we talked about this in the press box the other night. You know, maybe Garantana in practice is definitely the better yeah. guy. And Mauer may not have it in practice. He so far he seems to have it in the in the game. Um, I mean even against Florida they threw him out there in the swamp for his first – I mean, he played a little bit against Chattanooga. Yeah. That doesn't even compare. Uh, so he, his first SEC experience was against Florida, and even though he, he made some mistakes, which is to be expected, he, he led them on their only scoring drive of the game. So maybe he's just a gamer. He can get out there and make plays. And, and I do. I think uh, Chaney, you know, took advantage of that and probably had his best play, uh, called game of the year. Yeah, I agree. And kind of going back to that Florida game, it's hard to compare game to game just because college football is such a weekly sport. But right. you saw what Florida's defense did to Bo Nix yeah. this past weekend. Yeah. So I think at the time we watched that and we said Brian Maurer's not ready maybe yeah. for the moment. But maybe that's just Florida's defense playing at a high right. level. Like I just said, they gave Bo Nix plenty of problems yeah. this week. And both guys are true freshmen. Yeah, too, both so guys are true yeah. freshmen, definitely. So moving into this week, Mississippi State 4-3 and three coming to Knoxville, six-and-a-half-point favorites over Tennessee. What do you think Bob Shoup's going to be able to do to kind of give Mauer some trouble after Mauer's had a week of tape to put on? I should specify Bob Shoup's Mississippi State Stevens coordinator, <laughs> formerly Tennessee Stevens coordinator, right. so he's got some ties here. What do you think he kind of responds with after looking at a week of what Mauer can put on tape and what can Tennessee do to kind of counteract that? Well, I mean, 
I mean, it's a funny thing you mentioned about Bob Shoop, too, because I, after I wrote the preview yesterday, I kind of thought, I probably should have mentioned that. You yeah. know, he was here before, so a homecoming of sorts for him. I, I want to see, I'm interested to see how the turnover battle goes, because we saw Maurer the other day. He had two of them, um, if I remember correctly. Definitely the one we just watched. Yeah. Uh, the hit there late, the, the scoop and score, the interception, which he was one of his you know, not better throws of the night. He overshot a guy there and made an easy pick for Georgia. Um, but we, we see here, I mean, 21 straight games for Mississippi State's defense with at least one takeaway. Um, I think that's something they're going to have to try to exploit if you're Mississippi State's defense is to create turnovers. And, um, you know, the offensive line for, for Tennessee, which is played pretty well, I think, considering, you know, they're playing a lot of youth out there. And you got a guy like Trey Smith, obviously, who's kind of game to game. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think that that's something – the youth is something they're going to just try to exploit, like everybody's going to do when yep, they play Tennessee definitely. this year. So, uh, the turnover battle is the one I'm interested to see because that, that's really plagued, ten, plagued Tennessee with Garantano. I think even if you don't turn the ball over against Georgia, they lose that game yeah, regardless. Yeah. But um, against Mississippi State, it, it's a winnable game for Tennessee, I think. So, that could, it could come down to that. And that's something that they're probably going to try to do is get in his head, rattle him early, get to him. And uh, like Florida did uh, when he was in there and, and try to create a, a fumble or, or interception. Well, definitely. And I think, obviously, it's a different quarterback, but the turnovers have been Tennessee's biggest issue all yeah. year. You had two, I think, in the second half against Georgia State. Yeah. It's kind of sad you say that. Even like Georgia, they probably wouldn't have won that game. Right, without right. But the one against uh, excuse me, BYU was huge. Yes. Garantano's interception led to BYU's like, early second half touchdown. A lot of big turnovers in that Florida game. <laughs> right. The one in the end zone, the right. Marco Wilson interception down the sideline. They've really dug, dug themselves into some holes. So I definitely think if they want to pull off that upset, they got to keep it low, try to create a couple, which has been a problem for defense as well this year. Yeah. But it's going to be a, definitely a unique challenge because you look at Tennessee this year just getting dominated in the second half. Yes. I believe losing 75-14, to 14, something to that yeah. during the second half. Now, to be fair, Chattanooga game, they had a lot of backups, and they could have run it up in that one if right. they wanted to. Yeah. But Tennessee's been able to put together a good half of football a couple yeah. times this year and just hasn't been able to translate that into the second half, the four quarters of football, which I guess you look at the depth on this team, it, it shouldn't be overly surprising. Right. Um, but moving on a little bit, so one of the odder story, stories in college football this year is Mississippi State. <laughs> they had these 10 players suspended. Yeah. I think they announced that about two weeks before season in mm-hmm. August camp, something involving some tutor, yeah. some you know academic stuff. But it's 10 players suspended for eight games, but they're not suspended the first eight games of the year. Yeah. So I just kind of looked into it a little farther more this week. I'd, I'd seen the story before. So they are announcing who's playing until game day, basically, until they're yeah. on the field. was interesting to see. I saw... Um, Logan Lowry was his name. He works for Northeastern Mississippi Daily Journal, was on Tony Basilio radio show this week. Said expected a lot of those guys to play, almost all of them to play this weekend against yeah. Tennessee. What were kind of your thoughts on that, and how much do you think that will affect the outcome Saturday? Uh, my thoughts originally when this story came out, because I believe what I had read, and since you'd re- heard about it more, or looked at uh, more recently, you might be able to correct me here, but like they, they were allowed to pick which games exactly. that, that they could yeah. or couldn't play in. I mean, my God, if you're an old Miss fan or a Missouri fan, you're like, what in the world is up with this? I mean, why do they get to pick who gets to come in and who doesn't? I mean, that seems like a no-brainer. You pick the ones that, where you need them, like yeah. Alabama, Tennessee. They definitely need them for Tennessee because I think Mississippi State's in a place right now, and I wrote about this yesterday, 
this is a must-win game for them. Definitely. I mean, it's it's a season. I think that – I'm kind of going off track here, but I think that Jeremy Pruitt and, and Joe Moorhead are in a similar place because this Mississippi State team is looking for results. And they had a decade, almost a decade of Dan Mullen where he kind of turned things there that just weren't the norm and, and made them a – I wouldn't say an SEC championship contender by any means, but definitely raised the yeah, level of that program. Absolutely, so got him to number one yeah. in 2014 to get Dak Prescott. Similar in a lot of ways to what Rick Barnes has done. Absolutely, with the yeah, course. absolutely, and it's done great things there. And Joe Moorhead comes in; he's a big time hire. At least that was the perception. Was the was a head coach at Fordham, obviously. Got into the uh, FBS ranks as an offensive coordinator at Penn State. Did a great job at Penn State under James Franklin. And now they're kind of at a point like they won eight games last year. You know they went eight and five, um, but they were just they should have been better than eight and five. You know that was you know they had Nick Nick Fitzgerald who was regarded as one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC last year and just completely fell off from where he was and they just struggled really bad on offense um, in some games, especially in their losses. Um, so they go eight and five and then they come into this year and there's a little bit more hype surrounding them. You know what Joe Moorhead could do. With this system, Fitzgerald's no longer there. Um, we might have talked about this a little bit later, but then you got two quarterbacks. Well, three, I guess, if yeah. if, you, if you count the guy who was there before. So one of them is, is a Penn State transfer who was in Joe Moorhead's uh, system and Tommy Stevens. So there was a little bit, you know, there's familiarity there. Maybe the offense can take a step forward this year, and now they're sitting at three and two. And although their, their losses don't match Tennessee's, they didn't lose to Southern Miss, which was one of the group of five teams they played. But they lost to Kansas, a team they were favored to beat. Kansas, you know, I think flirted with the top 25. They were beaten the other day. Um, And then Auburn just absolutely demolished them. And that's a Mississippi State even supposed to be pretty good. I know they lost a lot of players from last year, but still supposed to be pretty good. Demolished by Auburn. So it's an interesting game, I think, when you look at it that way because it's a must win for them. And Tennessee, I hate to call it a must win, but, you know, if you you lose this game for Tennessee – there's still South Carolina. There's, there's still. We talked about this earlier. You know, there's still winnable games on there, but the outlook's going to look worse. Well, I think what you get into with Tennessee is usually you lose Saturday. Right now, it appears, you know, they've had some transfers, but the guys are still bought in. You saw that Saturday yeah. night. They're playing hard. They seem to believe in Mauer. But you lose Saturday. That's one and six. Yeah. Don't think anyone thinks they're winning in Tuscaloosa. All of a sudden, you get to one and six, one and seven. Then you get some guys maybe are ready to kind of jump off board and things start kind of falling apart. And I think right. that's something you've seen just plague Tennessee this past decade when they haven't been very good. Yeah. Is that schedule so front-loaded, by the time you get to the back of the schedule, you have some more winnable games. It feels like the season's already lost. Yeah. You lose a lot of yeah. the morale of the team, the attention of the team to really fully buy in. And I, th- I think we saw it last year. Um, I was thinking about it this morning. You know, they, they, five and seven they were. It was kind of a similar situation where they're at now. You know, last year they played Georgia in a game that, you know, they went into Athens and everybody said they're going to get blown out. You know, that I don't I don't know what the line was for that game. This one was 24. 24, yeah. Uh, and and uh, they beat them by 30, 31. So uh, they went into that Georgia game last year with the same perception nationally. They were going to get blown out. They were going to lose. And I they believe that line was game. about 26 yeah, last I mean, year, if my number is correct. Came in and played pretty well. I yeah. mean, Got felled. Uh, Jake Fromm had the strip, you know, early, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Nada picked it up and took it back for a touchdown. And you know, Tennessee, you look like that it was deflating, but they came back and they made that an interesting game. It was one like this Saturday night, 
Very had some interesting moments, but you never really felt like Tennessee had a legitimate chance to win. But so they had they they had a, a good game against Georgia last year. I think it had the bye week before Auburn. Yeah. And then beat Auburn out on the plains. Auburn was ranked at the time. Big win. I kind of feel like that's where they're at right now. You know, you played okay against Georgia. You played better than people expected. You got some positives out of it. Don't celebrate it by any means. You got blown out uh, by a division rival that's just better than you. But, you know, you're kind of in a similar position where you've got some confidence coming into this game. And, uh, I mean, that could help. But last year we saw they beat Auburn, and you think, well, look, they're going to lose Alabama, but they can win out. And they beat Kentucky and then just kind of fell off fall again. Off. Yeah, 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 blown out by Missouri. So I agree with you. It's uh, the past decade. It's just been that way. So this game will be very telling for them. I mean, if one and six, one and seven. It's just who's going to be bought in anymore? You know, yeah. that's going to be the biggest issue, especially with a team with so many youngsters on it. Exactly, and I think you see if you get a win here. I don't think even if they win Saturday, that they'll become bowl eligible. But you keep that hope alive. Yeah. You give some some teams some stuff to build off of. You can show recruits, hey, we're getting better. Right. I think that's a big thing. So I think both of us would agree Jeremy Pruitt's going to keep his job. But if him yeah. to have long-term sustained success here, he's got to keep his recruiting class together. He's got to keep yeah. things going forward. But you kind of teased in a minute ago, let's dive into the quarterbacks now. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Moorhead, similar to Jeremy Pruitt last week, isn't going to yeah. do anybody any favors by announcing who's, who's going <laughs> right. to start. But we've seen Tommy Stevens has played a lot this year as well as Garrett Schrader. You know, how does Tennessee have to prepare for those two quarterbacks? And I don't know if you have any predictions. I don't think either of us really have a great idea who yeah. they're going to go with Saturday. But – what are your thoughts on those two guys? Well, I haven't, I haven't watched a ton of Mississippi State football to know who, who's better. I know we know Garrett Schrader from the helicopter uh-huh. against Kansas State. Uh, yeah. And if you, I mean, if you, I think you guys listening probably know that that play. But if you don't, look it up. The guy got like flipped into another dimension. But um, but it, it, he seemed to. He's a freshman, you know. I, I don't know if he's a true freshman or not. Or I believe redshirt, redshirt. redshirt freshman. So he's been in the system for a year now, and. Um, it, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't watched a lot of them play. I, I assumed like everybody else, Tommy Stevens was going to come in and win the job. I, I, if I remember correctly, there was a lot of, a lot of good things coming out about him in camp, and he was a guy that played for Joe Moorhead at, at Penn State, so that helped because you still have, I don't know how different Dan Mullen and, and Joe Moorhead's philosophies are. I'm assuming they're a little different. So, you know, you had kind of Mullins, Nick Fitzgerald, and maybe he just didn't mesh well with Moorhead. And Stevens maybe would have done better, but. Again, they've had to switch him in and out. So, obviously, Stevens hasn't been the, the guy or, or has separated himself as the guy. I don't know. Keontae Thompson, has he played at all? I don't or? think he's hardly played any. Yeah, because he was going to transfer and yeah. decided to stay. So, I thought maybe that would have been a good sign for them. So, I don't know if we'll see him at all Saturday as well. But, you know, I'm trying to think of a scenario this year or maybe last year too where Tennessee had to face two quarterbacks. I'd say the closest – that they've come to that was against Florida. I mean, you, you yeah. know, Franks was injured the week before. And then you had you had to prepare for Kyle Trask in a week's time. Now, Tennessee played Chattanooga the week before, and Jeremy Pruitt can tell you what he wants, but I'm assuming they were probably prepping for Florida yeah. by the, you know, while they were getting ready for Chattanooga. So they were probably really kind of dialed in on playing Franks, and then Trask thrown out there, and Emory Jones played a little bit, although he wasn't very much of a factor. So – It'll be interesting to see how they can handle that that two quarterback system. I, it doesn't look like it's worked very well for Mississippi no. State right now, so I don't know. It's 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 kind of weird because, and Tennessee fans will attest to this. They do not do well with backup quarterbacks. So, <laughs> no. and I don't know if I'd classify either of these guys as a backup since they played so much. But uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how that defense handles that. I thought, I mean, I thought that. 
last week, Jake Fromm obviously is on a different level than any quarterback. That's the best quarterback they've played so far is Jake Fromm. It's only going to get probably better. I mean, worse for them, you know, Tua next week. So, and then uh, later on, you got Kelly Bryant down the road. So, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll see how they handle that. That uh, Definitely. I think it's kind of funny you talk about the backup quarterback thing. And Schrader, I guess, isn't really backup. It was back going into your year yeah, behind him. Right. And his, Tennessee, t- tell a Tennessee fan, backup quarterback that can run the ball. Like yeah. Schrader can't yeah. have flashbacks yeah. to Trayon Harris, Matty Mock in 2001 in Georgia Day. Yeah. A little bit of everything. And I think that is interesting. I think Schrader does bring a little bit more of a Nick Fitzgerald yeah. mold. But obviously, like like you were talking about, Fitzgerald, you know, Moorhead came in and was telling Fitzgerald to find a place on his mantle for the Heisman last year. And right. The offense was a complete was buzz. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do think it's very interesting what you say about Moorhead just kind of adding to that is he's a guy that kind of talked big when he got mm-hmm. there, an offensive coach. The offense has just been what's been the issue, though. Yeah. It's been, he's been yeah. so poor. Defense has been good. And, you know, I think they're going to have – they're not going to have a horrible season this year. I still think they have enough pieces left yeah. on defense. But I think it will be interesting going forward. They start losing some of these guys. Yeah. They've had such a good front seven the past right. two seasons. Yeah. How well he can keep things rolling. And, it, you know, he's kind of been speculated some rumors. He's got some connections to that Rutgers job. Some That's people true. Have, and that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. leaving the SEC West for Rutgers, but – it would be an, it'd probably depend on how things end poorly for him this yeah, season. He it's might like a Dana Holgerson situation. Exactly, exactly. Where he ended up at Houston. but. And then I guess kind of going one last note we had down here to talk about Kylan Hill leading oh, yeah. the SEC in yards after contact. Um, that was a major issue for Tennessee yes. Saturday against Georgia. So that's just definitely something to watch. I don't know if you had any. Yeah, I mean, we see here 344 yards. Um, and Jeremy Pruitt talked about that. He talked about a couple things on Monday at his press conference where he talked about – he mentioned the two-quarterback system. He said these are two guys that can run and throw. Uh, He seemed concerned about that. And he definitely seemed concerned. He didn't mention Kylan Hill by name, I don't think. And I don't think he mentioned their run game specifically. But he talked about against Georgia how just that hurt them. I mean, it it, it kept Georgia – again, I'm trying to be careful what I say because I don't want it to sound like Tennessee was one or two plays away from beating Georgia. But it kept so many drives alive for Georgia. You know, the yards right at the line of scrimmage, and next thing you know, guys are bouncing it out and going for 10, 15, 20, 30 yards. I mean, it was just insane. And you're going to have a guy that knows how to do that again Saturday, a really good running back uh, there. that He struggled against Auburn, but, again, that's a really good Auburn defense. And, and uh, I think Tennessee's defense is going to be up for a big challenge, especially at linebacker, considering how thin they are there. So, yeah, it's it's – it's going to be, a, I think, a big factor in the game. If Kylan Hill has a has a really good game and Tennessee can't tackle him, I'd say that it shift, the favor shifts to Mississippi yeah. State drastically. I think that's kind of the two things I'd say to watch for Tennessee on defense to have success. They need to take away the yards after contact for all Mississippi State's players, really, not yeah. just Kylan Hill. Obviously, he's the guy we're focusing on. And they got to, they got to find a way to create some negative plays. I think yes. Georgia had just – Two negative plays Saturday, and obviously Georgia's offensive line is very good. Right. Tennessee was never going to have a tremendous amount of success in that game yeah. in the front seven. But that's been a problem for them all year. They oh, have yeah. to find a way to create some negative plays. They have to find a way to get Mississippi State into some second and tens, yes. second and 12, get a sack, second and 15. they got to find a way to – this all year, really, it's just been a lot of third and short. They're getting the third down, but they're not getting into winning pers- yeah. positions in third down, especially with you look at the depth and just overall skill set of Tennessee's defensive line. Mm-hmm. That's not – Against quality SEC opponents, that's not going to be a down they can win yeah. consistently. It, the pass rush, too, has yeah. got to be there. That's another thing Pruitt mentioned this week. It's like 
There was one play specifically early against Georgia where Fromm just, I mean, he had all day to throw the ball. And if you go in there and you do that with – like, again, I haven't watched a ton of Mississippi State football this year, but you can't allow Stevens or Schrader to, to sit back there and just, you know, pick out who they want. And because uh, again, it's it's a Tennessee defensive line. I think has gotten a little better as the years gone on. But if they if they're not getting, generating any push up front, you know, I don't know if I trust this this defense this secondary for Tennessee yep. to make plays. And it's they they haven't this year. They haven't made a lot. You know, made a few. But yeah, there, there's just so much they're gonna have to do on defense. I I mean, I know everybody's out there feeling pretty positive just because Mississippi State is probably. This is probably the worst SEC team Tennessee's had to play this year so yeah. far, and that's I'm not I'm not even saying that Mississippi State's all that bad. It's just you've played Florida and Georgia. Now you get a team that looks not as good as Florida and Georgia, <laughs> yeah. but still you know still a team that can beat you. So I I find it I just find it hard to see Tennessee doing enough on defense to slow down Kylan Hill and and, and to make plays in the secondary. Um, I think offensively, I mean that's good Mississippi State defense. I think they can. Georgia's a good defense too, and so they make plays in that game. So it, it'll just have to come down to to how they play on defense. Really, I think that you got to slow them down, and if you can't, that uh, I don't know if your offense is going to be able to make up for that. Yeah, definitely. So we have it. You're down. You're picking Mississippi State. Yes. You have. You want to throw in a score here? We haven't even talked about this. We're going to do a score. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I probably jumped the gun on that. Uh, I'm going to go – we did our pick-ems this week, which you can pick up in the Beacon um, paper this week. Uh, yeah, I think I said 24-14. to 14. I, I can see Maurer coming out, throwing a couple touchdowns like he did the other day, getting a couple scoring drives. But I think it's going to be kind of a low-scoring game. Um, and I just – I have Mississippi State by 10. Okay, yeah. You see, I pointed out I knew we made it for our pickup to our score game in a week, but I had for, I knew I'd pick Mississippi State. I forgot what the score was. So I was like, all right, they're gonna call me out if I have a different one. But uh, come back and look at it. I have Mississippi State twenty four, Tennessee twenty. Yeah. Similar similar to you, I think. Yeah. I think Tennessee is gonna be able to keep this, make this game a four quarter game. I just have a hard time. I think Mississippi State's gonna run the ball better. And at this point, I think you just look at Tennessee, it's hard to trust what, yeah. what they've been able to do in, in close games, really, in the whole Pruitt era. There hasn't mm-hmm. been a whole lot of them, really. Even the good wins have been significantly kind of, not blowouts, but yeah, hand, they've won handedly. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Mississippi State could pulls this thing out. I don't think Tennessee's defense is going to be able to get quite enough stops. Yeah. I think a week for Bob Shoup to look at Brian Maurer, come true, out with yeah. a good game plan, and then I think you add onto that Tennessee offensive line is a little bit banged up right now. I just don't think that's a, a great recipe. We don't know exactly who's going to play, who's not going to play yeah. on it. But definitely some some guys with some looking looking some cuts and bruises. Another factor that'll be interesting to keep an eye on is the weather. I mean, it's uh, yeah, definitely. We saw there's forecasted for rain on Saturday around kickoff, which is at noon. So we'll see we'll see how much that play I saw uh, from practice yesterday they were doing some drills you know, ball preparing drills. for that yeah. and it did from the the word is it wasn't very good so yeah, yeah. so we'll see uh how the weather affects the game for for both teams but you know you, you mentioned it just now the bye week I yeah. forgot they're coming off a bye they're week so off, another yeah. uh, another kind of plus there for Mississippi State it is an we'll interesting thing I think obviously it's going to be a plus for Mississippi State coming off a bye but you think about they just really do just have a week to prepare for Mauer. Yeah, it's kind of a normal way. Now, 
by mid-Wednesday last week, the news was kind of out that it was looking like Mauer was going to get the start. But yeah. obviously, he yeah. hasn't put anything on tape. Right. They can start looking at what he did against Chat in Florida. But yeah. definitely a different dynamic to your typical bye-week preparations. And we talk about the two-quarterback thing. This would be stayed. I, mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Tennessee tries to do a little bit of that, too. I mean, obviously, it happened a little bit because of circumstances. I mean, Mauer took a shot there on the sideline. The third quarter, I third think, quarter, and, yeah. and and Garantano came out and made a nice throw, and you know got a first down. Um, Definitely, I would say. Well, Pruitt's not saying no doubt the Mowers are starter. Mowers is starter, no doubt Saturday. Yeah, but absolutely. I do think Pruitt's comfortable putting Garantano yeah. in in some certain yeah. situations. So I again, I think that's a good point. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see that at all. I think that'll be about it for us today. Thank you for joining us on a checkerboard chat. I am Ryan Shumpert. With me is Noah Taylor. Hope you guys have a good rest of your night. Or dead.